1: This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw.
3: So we will got Mr. Uh, it's our intro. So we can talk about Mr. Burrard coming up. Let's go. Let's talk about we got a great show coming up. Talk about How are you doing today? Okay, we were really... Uh, we got pretty, pretty tight. Like A lot of stuff went on with him being the first overall pick in the draft, the eye injury. Uh, at one time, we sat at a training camp with trauma, please. Hold on. Don't give it away. Don't give it... we got a show coming up. I don't give it all the details. Just...
0: They're teasing a little bit. So we, yeah, that's what we call it a teaser in the industry. Oh, the, in- oh, wow. The industry. Okay. Cool. For sure. You kept your eyes. You have, uh, you have green eyes. They match your shirt. They're, uh, they're hazel. Hazel. That's kind of green, right? Women say they're kind of enchanting. Do they? Yeah. You know, what I get called like I'm charming and, and uh, charismatic is what people say. So when we like say that. They, they, who says enchanting? I So my daughters have green eyes too, but uh, they're kind of, actually a little bit of yellow in their eyes, which is, you probably have that in hazel too. Right. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen enough time enough time with your eyes in the mirror, right? You check yourself out. There's some red in my eyes sometimes too. You just what? There's some red in my eyes sometimes oh, too. Yeah. True, because well, you get up at 2:40 a.m. every. 3:30, big boy. You took 3:30. some days off though. I saw, and that's good. And what happened? Oh, and the earth, the earth is still
3: turning. I know, but the consistency that is part of the true good life. Consistency, it every day. You go back to the farmer, my father, and grandfather the farm. Those cows get milked every day, 365. So and they, that's kind of what I.
0: They're know, gonna put that on your tombstone. They're gonna say he didn't. He skipped a day. I know. 2023. How dare he? Oh, felt terrible too. Oh, man. So another guy
3: walking his dog yesterday. He says, oh yeah, I hear you every day at 3.53. You talking to the grasshoppers. The gra- yeah. People love that. People, what they do like, What does that mean? Grasshoppers. Yes. Yeah. That's funny because I didn't know what I was doing at all when I first started all the social media stuff. And I just was joking around and calling my grasshoppers based on the
0: old food boom Now It's a thing. Yeah. Walked down the street. So, hey, grasshopper. Oh, that's happened here? Yeah. i got i this has never happened to me before but i was at the rink and i got recognized your voice someone said you do the podcast tom laidlaw i said how would you know that he said recognize your voice i hate my voice but he ain't your voice wise i I just i don't know i always feel like you know when you hear a recording of it you feel like it sounds different really yeah but he uh, he recognized he's like i love the show i love the old story his name was rob police officer friends with gary dorkowitz and he uh he loves the show loves the old story he was actually at the golf tournament too wasn't he was he there like, Gary you guy know, was yes but the the, the bunch of cops was, yeah uh yeah. his name is he's a firearms instructor i forgot his last name oh. his name was rob he uh he was a big fan of the show and yeah. uh he like okay. all the old stories so whole change podcast you came up with that name didn't you how did you come up with that uh, we, we were very, we were struggling for names you remember right. and yeah. i'm not i'm not that creative guy with names either. but it was just full change like because we the people were there transitioning from playing days to uh right. post playing days and full changes you hear that Hockey Rings all the time full full change full yeah. change full change too so
3: whole change very good yeah, I, again, I don't think I've. I didn't even. Well, I didn't name myself. I named my sons Shane, Jonathan, Laidlaw, and Cody, Hall, Laidlaw.
0: Nobody's name. Oh, Jonathan, is that from
3: John Wayne? Even though his name's really bad. Well, uh, my middle name is Jonathan, uh, Thomas John, and my father's real name is John Donald. So the John is. So John's in your family. Yeah. I don't know why they
0: maybe call my father Don. Why do they do that? call them, I don't know. That's weird. He's what with the, the, the middle name. Yeah, huh? middle name yeah. we, uh, you know, some countries don't have middle names. Yes. And some countries in Latin America use the mother's maiden name also after this. So why do we have a middle name? Like, why did you, I just made a point point? you just went into something else. Well, no, you, you went off my point. Fair enough. Yeah. stand corrected. Okay. So why do we have middle names? I don't know. That's a great question. You never really use it. Like it doesn't differentiate. There's no other Tom, well, lots of Tom Smiths, lots of, Tom Smiths. Yeah. Lots of Thomas Augustus Smith. and okay. one Thomas Augustus Skywalker Smith, but. What we do have is we have like confirmation names with your Catholic, which I don't know if you had that, which is weird. It's like, here's another name. You got to pick a name for your confirmation, which is just weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there you go. But I I, didn't know that. Oh, there you go. Robbie Carr, shout out. I didn't know that. But I will. Do
3: I put a little accent accent on it? You're doing an impression of yourself. I didn't know that. No. I don't do that. It's more genuine. Oh, it is. So it's, I don't. uh, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. Huh. much more, well, it's like, I've, I've learned something new, right? So I'm kind of surprised. Cause I think I know everything
0: hundred, you've nailed it. I mean, bullseye right, right. there, Tom. You I think mean, I'm kind of outraged that I didn't know it. Really, right? No, I think you're excited that you didn't know. you're learning. You're, you're, you're okay. gaining knowledge and yeah. you, you know, you're, I'm you're sure. I'm sure I'm oh, I didn't know that. That's great. You're like, I just learned something I downloaded some new information. Okay.
3: Good point. I like it.
0: So there you go. I like it. So, uh, you had your, so John is a name in your family. Yes. And yeah. you gave your boys names and your wife your ex-wife was like whatever you just made you just named them? i don't think i gave her a choice in that <laughs> i'm not surprised yeah well they're boys so yeah. yeah
3: so shane and cody those are definitely like cowboy names so shane the old movie uh you come back shane right yeah right. Uh, the only problem is i put a y in shane's name and there's no there's no y in the uh okay the, the movie and he doesn't he didn't like that it's okay now because everybody just computers everything it's, what's it's inserted but everybody would always ask him or they'd spell it wrong and they'd just spell, and they'd just spell about the y and he had to correct them all the time okay she got to do it the right way And Cody. Cody Hall. So, Hall was my mother's maiden name. Okay. So, Cody Hall. Cody was
0: just a general Western name. Yeah, it kind of is. Well, Cody's a town. Was it Wyoming? Cody, Wyoming. That's right. And your wife had no say. She's like, whatever you want to do. But you know what? Like a lot of things with my marriages,
3: I really can't remember how things like. Like I famously, and I say famously, I never proposed to either one of my wives to get married. And people will ask. You will ask. Uh, Yeah. How how did you you pull that? I don't know. Honestly, (laughs) I really don't remember why. You know, I had been, we'd been living together in both cases and then it was just all of a sudden we said, okay, I guess we're going to get married and it wasn't too romantic.
0: But you know what? I have, I, I actually had the same thing with Christine. Oh, really? Yeah. We didn't, we didn't, uh, it was a very quick romance and then. Which you'd known each other. Yeah, we'd known each other. But then she was very quickly pregnant. So we're like, all right, so let's just go get married. So yeah. we did. And she gave birth to Juliana Glosely smith who... That's from a, a name from an Icelandic song. Oh, her middle name because we knew their names were going to see be that Smith. game one more time. For Juliana Glössily Smith. It means glowing like the sun. Oh. and um because we knew the last name was going to be Smith. It's going to be boring. so yeah. we gave them cool middle names. You know, right? Um, my other my middle daughter Molly. She's named after my mother Patricia. So Molly Patricia and then Thomas is Thomas Augustus Skywalker. So, Skywalker. it was Christine. Christine, she I was like, "No, no, no." She's like, "No, we're doing this." That's and, cool. And my friend Boris Bobin was like, "If you don't do this, I'm going to kick your ass." I'm like, "All right, fine." That's
3: cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: something so, different like that, yeah. But it, it's not western, but again, it's And Christine had to say, "I had trouble with we and we both had trouble with Molly's name." This is so cool because I think you I think you like this story. Maybe if you can listen to it, maybe you like it. So, Molly was, was born and we had no idea what her name was going to be. We had a few names that we were tossing around, Molly being one of them, but we left after they kick you out of the hospital after 48 hours, right? Yeah. Like you take your baby and go. So Christine's like, go home, get some sleep. We'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. I'm walking to the car in the parking lot at Hackensack hospital. I said, give me a sign. I don't even know who I said it to. Just give me a sign. We got to get this name. You know, I'm going in the car and there's a, on the ground, there's a little card, like a baseball card, but it's a Thomas, a tank engine card. And I'm like, what is that? So I flip it over and it's Molly the molly that the the train engine so i was like holy shit that's never in my life happened to me that was one time when i said give me a sign and i got a sign and right. that's her name and right. she has the card framed in her room she's had it right, for cool. 15 years now happy birthday molly that's a good story thank you very much yeah good story fantastic How I, and i appreciate you listening and, and commenting thank patiently patiently. Uh, well listen that was two minutes and that's a long that's time for you good. you know that's a lot of spotlight hogging by me so.
3: i was on the phone the other day two hours with this uh wonderful young woman and uh i remember looking at the clock like i'll get i'll never get that two hours back.
0: you'll never get that uh, two minutes back uh, you know it's funny it's funny we had, we had a couple shows now with multiple guests and then you guys are talking and i'll ask a question and i'll say so do you guys think and you jump right in and answer do i really
3: <laughs> oh no no that's okay so
0: that wait, i remember you gave me a hard time
3: about that because i'm thinking well i'm you're asking the question in general so i, I, mean, <laughs> but, I, I have to assert my opinion now. but you're the
0: host oh god so it, was it was dave maloney and james Patrick. that's right too yeah I'm like so do you guys think and you're like well like, well, Tom, you're on the show. It's there. Yeah, they're the guests. <laughs> Isn't true? I mean, it is
3: funny because uh, I went to Savannah Tuesday for the Rangers. A lot of uh, Oh, particular. yeah. Big, big, with the big whales there, uh, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Henry Glankos is there, too. And man, can I talk now? I, I, I find myself, I, it amazes me because I wasn't always like that. Like when I first turned pro, whatever, people said they saw me sitting in the corner someplace and I wasn't talking to anybody. Right. Actually, the People told me they were intimidated. Uh, really? Yeah, because I said... I, I, was just
0: shy and nervous. I was oh, boy. back then. Yeah. I oh. when a first term pro cuz you were probably like the weirdo farm kid kind of Yeah. Well, guy. I was wearing the cowboy hat. And the cowboy hat, Right. So yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. to this psychopath. But even
3: at college, I really wasn't a big talker. Like it was just, uh, you know, I told you the story about the famous speech and everyone, yeah. does I got that. Got scored on right Huge. Yeah. That was a huge moment in my life. Man. I, I, you know, I talk like
0: a short little burst or whatever, but I wouldn't make a speech. So how do you go from that to now you're doing a podcast? At uh, it's got several episodes. Now you're having, oh, uh, Mr. Berard, look at this. And Let's speaking this. of talking again, what's happening? Uh, all right. What's going on? How are
3: you? you. All right? Yep, We're good. We're good. Sorry. I surprised, I surprised you.
1: Laptop at the office. I didn't, uh, I thought I
3: could. Oh, no problem. This looks great. This is uh, perfect. I was, I, I told Tom, I was pleasantly surprised as you wanted to do this. I know you don't like talking about yourself too much. I don't know. <laughs> it works out because you love talking about oh yeah sometimes. yeah I, uh, brian I, I talk so much now it's unbelievable i can't keep my mouth shut now i wasn't always like that when Wait, was i like that all the time i don't think so uh, so you... maybe sometimes yeah it's true yeah, you were talking all the time he's yeah, this, yeah, guy's a stu- this guy's this stu- guy's all the time that's all yeah you were this guy's a stud too he gets some women sometimes remember the girl you had this the, was she
0: a stripper from Vegas? No, hold on we're recording so we gotta well, i'll take this out what well, we can't uh, talk with strippers what was she? Wasn't a stripper? No, oh, no cocktail, cocktail. Lady. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was that's right. Who are often what way better looking than the strippers? <laughs> oh, he did. He does well with the women. Oh God. So are we gonna start.
3: We're we gonna start. Yeah, let's go. So Tom's gonna do a little intro, and then we'll get rolling. All right, here we go.
0: Tom, we got a big one today. We got a first overall draft pick. An American superstar defenseman, hockey player, and shockingly someone who actually hired you and didn't fire you as their agent. We have Brian Barard on the show today. <laughs> yeah, we finally finally ran out of teams, so you didn't have to fire him, we just ran out of teams to, to exactly. play with.
1: In case.
0: <laughs> what top ta- Brian, what happened well, was it- Yeah. <laughs> All right. Was there nobody else available for as an agent then? Well, actually, I'll tell the story. I'll jump in there. So, Pam
3: Burrard, his mother, his wonderful mother, who we just lost—what uh, about what, two months ago? Two or three months ago? Ah, uh, yeah, we was, lost her in March. So she was a great person. She treated me face. But to get started with, to get inside the family of the of the Burrard family, you had to do things a certain way. So, I sent out a letter, and I I misspelled Brian's name. I spelled it with an I instead of a Y. And Pam made sure she told me she says my son's name is with a Y. She was that was it. Uh, so you That's actually, fine. yeah, actually. Yeah, actually, first we went another agent, and then he got in trouble or something, didn't he? Uh
1: yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was actually Cam Neely's oh, agent, Mark Oh, was, oh, that's that right. Was, that was that's correct names, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because it was. It was all the juniors, of Detroit Junior Wings. There, the that's goal. right. But uh, saying I was going to go to college and then we ended up playing in the NHL. Right. So I think that's really, to be honest with you, I think that's the only re- reason why I went with Lace because he was there in Detroit. No, <laughs> 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 he was. I was closest. I was the closest there. That's, I was actually, uh, you with IMV with
3: Mike Barnett then. Yeah, Eddie that's Miel. right. Eddie Meal. So. Eddie Miel. Yeah, Potato Head. Eddie Meal. Potato Head. Don't yeah. no, stop. That's what we called him. <laughs> he hates it too. Really? <laughs> oh, he, he would uh, he would get, like, he, he got mad or retired or uh, excited or whatever it is. His face would turn all red. So I we looked like a potato. Just a bully. Yeah. was uh, I was
1: lucky enough because uh, that was when for the OHL Detroit was playing out of the Joe Lewis. Yeah. That was a good, was a good time. Detroit, you know, Red Wings there, right out of, uh, played out of the Joe. We had a that's-
3: pretty good also well, it was fun. That's what too. Was it Todd Harvey? He was there with there, was he? It...
1: Todd Harvey, um Jason uh, Jamie Allison. Um yeah. we didn't have a really talented team, but uh, we were able to win the OHL and play at the Memorial Cup that year. And that, that we played against Campbell. they were stacked. Right. They had again Ginla, Shane Don. That's uh, right.
3: some good players. Right. Who was the your buddy there too? I can't remember his name. I just saw him recently at a charity game too. Um you were pretty close to him. He's another US born player too. Haggerty? Yes, yes, yeah, I saw him. Hagerty. He was a he was a sniper in junior for sure. Yeah. He had a, he had a pretty good career
1: in the Myers, but uh, he didn't really get a, a, a good shot uh, or a good look in the NHL at all. Right.
3: I think he got stung by a bee. He's allergic oh, is we go? out bees Recently, <laughs> put out some tonnage.
1: You're such he's a He's got he's got three boys playing hockey. There.
3: Yeah, and he's in the uh, financial uh, yeah. world,
1: right? Yeah, he's got yeah exactly. Yeah, he lives uh, I think in Port Chester, Rye, right, right up there. In, uh,
3: oh, is that where he is? Oh, okay. Yeah, because yep, he's from Rye. From Rye, he's from Rye New York. So That's right. That's right Rye, too. Yeah. So Brian I know this. is Everybody we got to talk about it, it was. Born and raised in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, to Pam and Wally Bird. That is correct. I got my top living with me now as well, too, because uh, obviously we lost my mom
1: uh, in March. So my dad's uh, he's got a place down at the beach, and in the winter times, so he used stay with myself. I'm, I'm the oldest of my mom's, the oldest of four. So I got uh, th- three siblings, and I got a half brother, and
3: half older sister as well. That's right. That's right, too. Yeah, big crew. Man, and the Birds stick up for each other, too. We were at some rink sometime for some tournament, and I can't remember what happened. And it was almost a brawl, like the Birds against everybody out oh, nice. <laughs> So uh, well, I'll, I'll tell stories like Wally, great man. Uh, but in his younger days, he you got the tats and everything. He used to ride his motorcycle into the bar. Oh, nice! Right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's
1: he's known as a, being a pretty tough guy. That's for yeah, sure. yeah.
3: But yeah, with a sweetheart. What
1: yeah, just, you, get. Uh, I'll tell a quick, quick story about uh hot, well hockey night in Boston here in New England was pretty big. Um uh, I mean, we actually got a big brawl. Me and a player, uh, teammate I grew up with, Ryan Murphy, little little Irishman from Barville, Rhode Island, but. Uh, we fought about, I would say about eight guys, uh, four adults and four kids. We had got our asses kicked. And if it wasn't for my mother, my mother was jumping in, saving a bunch of us. I think after the, the brawl, after like minutes, we got our asses kicked. And uh, about five guys after the brawl had their shirts completely torn off and you could just see the nails because my mom was trying to basically jump in and try to help us from getting our ass. Oh, <laughs>
3: that's awesome. I'm telling you, like, I mean, your mother is a fantastic person. If you're on her side, she will die for you. But if you're on the other side, man, you're in trouble. She was famous too uh, uh, to weddings and stuff. Uh, she would get up on the table and start dancing. Awesome. yeah. And everybody would know that she was going to dance. So you have about 10 guys run over to the table to make sure they're holding up <laughs> to the table. <laughs> well, yeah. Awesome. And that was, I think she did it at, uh, it was it Bruce or Greg's wedding? your brother's. I can't remember which one it was. I, I brought my that second. Greg. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was definitely feisty one for sure. Yeah. But was a sweetheart too, though, right? Like you said, like the things you got at the funeral, I thought was fantastic where uh, particularly Greg got up and spoke a lot and, uh, you know, talked about her. Now she was, uh, she met like I said, she was a great woman. So, real yeah, cool. She uh, she battled
1: cancer for seventy years, colon cancer. Um, yeah, of a hell of a fight. Um, but she, I mean, even for the funeral, she had everything planned. I mean, yeah, I think it's got to be tough when you know you kind of a terminal cancer. But she made it easy for you know. Right. But she made it. Uh, yes. She had everything planned for herself. So it was it was an, it was a nice day to remember. Um, obviously, it's tough to go through that, but yeah. we almost. Right, yeah.
3: and she was a battler too. Didn't the doctors recommend she get some surgery? She says, "Nope, I'm not doing it."
1: Yeah, she didn't want to. Uh, she she fought it for seven years. It was definitely a tough battle, and towards the end, she was suffering. So she's definitely a yeah. better now for sure.
3: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's a great woman. She had a great life. Yeah. Um, okay, so growing up as a kid, were you a pretty good player right away when you started?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I was I was I mean a big solid defense. I was actually kind of chubby. They kind of oh. called me like they put me back on D and called me Rock. Um, <laughs> it, it really, until about maybe scores few weeks where I started. my skating started to kind of. I would say advanced more than than most players at that age and just kind of kept going. So I kind of became an offensive defenseman. Um, played one year up front, too. A coach threw me up, I think it was like score, you know second-year scorer or something, threw me up at four. So I think it helped me develop a little bit of offensive skills and kind of a knack from the offensive zone. And then really just kind of kept progressing. Got lucky. Went to Mount St. Charles here and when SOC was a big Catholic school, big hockey but powerhouse back in the day. Um,
3: and then obviously, uh, you know, left school after my junior year. Went up and uh, playing the OHL for two years. Yeah. And you were pretty. I met you. I mean you at 16 years old. You're pretty driven too. Like you, you wanted to be the first overall pick in the draft back then too, right? Like
1: yeah, was... absolutely. I mean, you know, we, um, being born here in Rhode Island and stuff. I was uh, made the U.S. You know, the U.S. Select Camp Select 16. So going up there and played against guys like Reddit and Ginler, all guys my age that were kind of you know highly. You're gonna play junior and kind of highly, I guess, prospected and, and looked at and scouted. So, um, you know, I, I was competitive. I wanted to. I knew I could play with those guys and, and play just just as well or even better. So, uh, to go first overall, go to go first overall, first overall. I
3: can't speak here. To go first overall meant a lot for me. Yeah, that's sure. awesome. So we had Terry Ryan recently on our, our podcast. He's done like yeah. the Mr. Movie Star now, and we tell the story. So we're at the All Star game, uh, and Brian's parents are sitting with uh, Terry Ryan. Any the OHL All Star game. Uh, yes, it was OHL. No, it's OHL. It was Kenny. Seat, yeah yeah i oh wow okay. yeah so uh, terry ryan was out in uh wherever it was tri-cities and again so we represented terry ryan and, uh, and also brian and so we all were sitting sure. together all, and, uh, all, all of a sudden these two guys get to fight out and everything. and it was not like a wrestling fight too they were throwing bombs at each other like huh. like brian was tough terry ryan was a tough kid too and we're yeah, sitting yeah. Huh. I'm, I'm actually still thankful i fought him early on because
1: he became a big yeah big. yeah my yeah. ass down, down the line he would have sent me pretty good but uh, he became but, but you're a pretty good fighter too, right? I mean you fought who was it, Primo you fought? The one Wayne Primo? Well Primo, he got my ass kicked too. I fought Danico it was my first NHL fight. Oh wow. That's right. Yeah. They, to you guys, I always say I was to try to fight the tough guys. So when I got beat, kinda I looked looked better than uh losing to the to the guys and actually in to fight Lankow too was a client, Damien Lankow. I, I think I he was a lefty as well. I didn't fight him as well. Yeah, he's a
3: tough little guy too. Yeah. He's tough. Yeah, he was a little guy, but he was he, he could definitely throw his lefty so so coming up then as a kid um like at what point did you really i we talked about the competitiveness and want to be the first overall pick in the draft what point did you really really think man i can play, not only can i play in the nhl but i'm going to be a pretty good player i've got at least a shot of being that i
1: to be honest with you i, I think playing those select champs um 16 and 17. um you know i had a pretty good good idea that i could actually make a make a career out of this and and i don't think i, I realized how um i, I don't want to say how do i say this I don't really like talking about it myself. I didn't really kind of realize how good I was until that first year of junior. Right. Um, you know, towards the end of the, the end of the year, they were playing against guys, you know, in Guelph like Jeff O'Neill and Todd Bertuzzi, and, and kind of being able to in Sudbury playing against some some big players that, that that could kind of control the game at seventeen, uh, being an offensive defenseman, and and playing with uh, Jamie Allison helped as well. I and mean, was a big kind of had my back. He's a big tough guy. He's a stay at home yeah. defenseman. Yep. Um, you know, I I just didn't really realize how good I was. I mean, it's tough for me to say that. Just my skating ability and and be, my my hockey IQ and my vision, um, I thought was pretty
3: was pretty elite. Yeah, you're skating too. You had that like powerful stride too. I never watched Yeah, Brian, who who was your guy growing up? Were you a Ray Bourque or a Brian Leach guy? Uh, I was I was more of a
1: Leach or Chelios guy uh, for sure. I wasn't a huge Bruins fan. I grew up uh, I actually grew up a Mario Lemieux fan. I grew up a Penguins fan, big fan right, Mario, too. Um, and defense definitely Leech. Uh, you know Trum a little bit. I loved watching. Definitely, Chelios, because I, I did. I mean, I once in a while, you know, if you pissed me off, I get a little nasty. A little oh yeah, um, um, yeah. But it kind of had to take me to get, you know, get a little upset. So I like Chelios's game that way as well. Um, but yeah, Brent Leach, I mean, he's still one, To me, he's one of the uh, you know the more more smooth guys that, that I've ever seen play. I mean, after you watch these young kids, I'm car now, and yeah, you know Yeah, I mean these guys that um, you know, Carlson and stuff. They're they're unbelievable to watch. Yeah. I know the skating, yeah.
3: So what year you went to the World Cup your last year, Junior?
1: No, that was my first year. Oh, okay. Um, that the year drafted first overall. Yes, we played uh you know, we played Brandon, was had Brian McCabe and, and Wade Redden. Um and the Camels destroyed us, but they had a Ginla, doan Tucker, uh, Jason Strudwick, they had that had that second year junior year. yeah, that that team was unbelievable. and um, what what,
3: what game did that, you you heard you could have Charlie Horse or something, didn't you?
1: finals against brandon i took a knee uh right. so really could hardly play in the finals but they, yeah uh we were, we we're in camel state i mean it, they probably would not do that today but my my knee my leg was completely blown up so they were kind of sticking needles in me before the game trying to drain the blood right. uh out of my out of my
3: side to try to make make it a little easier so i could skate. he could and he could barely skate too he's out there battling his rear end off but he couldn't yeah. not your fault because you it was uh so bad i remember watching that game yeah. like just and just no yeah they shot me up pretty good i just i, I literally I couldn't could even skate. Yeah. yeah. I know. But you stayed out there through the whole game. And then, and, and especially when you're getting blown out, too, you still kept going out there. So I actually think that, yeah, not that you did it for this reason, but the scouts saw that, too. Like, oh, man, this kid not only be talented, but he's tough, too. Battler. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean,
1: we had to, you know, co- coach Paul Maurice. Yeah. One well, great one there as well. Um, and then I was lucky enough to have Pete DeBoer as well. So two good coaches. Yeah. Um, two years of junior. So it was definitely a great experience.
0: Right. So then they go first overall in the draft to the Ottawa Senators. Actually, at what point do you know? Okay, this, what do you guys know? This is happening. He's going first. Well, we didn't really know for sure. I don't think,
3: um, I think we, we felt like he was going to go first, but there's a little bit of a decision between uh, uh, Wade Redden and Brian. But I think this, I think probably a couple of days before we knew for sure that he was going to get taken. Yeah. Kind of, they kind of held it, uh, you know, they, they held it in. I mean, we, we kind of, I think on
1: draft day, I kind of think we had a, we kind of had a, a yeah, pretty good idea that we're yeah. going go first overall. Then I think at the
3: draft, the way the cameras were set up with, I think the other one I said, yeah. He's going first of all. you yeah. going first all Remember, uh, remember, Randy Sexton, the general manager, came to your house in Rhode Island, and I was there. Well, like he wanted to interview. Remember that? Yeah, nah, I think he's the only one. He's the only one that ended up coming to the house in Rhode Island. I believe. Yeah, yep, uh, definitely. You had lots of you had lots of interviews, but uh, he was the only one. I remember he said to me too in front of everybody. He says, "Well, Tom, you played with Wayne Gretzky, you know, because he was talking all about preparation, and he was saying Wayne Wayne would always eat properly." And I, I remember I didn't say it, but I was going to say to him, "Well, because I remember at a preseason game, Wayne Gretzky's eating a cheeseburger before the game," so. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I do want to embarrass him in front of everybody. I was like, yeah, well, that's just not the way it is. <laughs> yeah, times times have changed. Yeah, so that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that that that. I mean, uh, you know, I think we got a little bit. I think both me and Tom got a little bit of a bad rap with with the situation there. In Ottawa, yeah. But that organization was a mess. Yeah, um, that's for sure. I, I still remember going there. It was kind of a, an eye opener too. And, and being as competitive as it was, I wanted to play in the NHL as an eighteen year old for sure. Yeah. Um, I thought I could have. I mean, I think Tom did as well. Yeah, I think totally. He, we're Definitely could have played. And just the way they kind of handled it that organization was they They.
3: they were they weren't ready for it that's what yeah sure. remember who they drafted first overall before and they put him in a dress or something what that's
1: alessandro
3: dig yeah Diggs, they had radic bonk they had the year. they
1: had some good young players but I, I remember walking into the locker room the locker room was just a mess yeah. um and then uh, I think uh, something happened with the contracts and stuff. I don't think they, they were in trouble financially as
3: well. So yeah. I remember, I think like seven days in, we were like, let's get out of here. Yeah, totally. I remember we were on the phone and uh, all the stuff was going on. And we finally both just said, almost at the same time, listen, you're out of there. Yeah. So just so people understand, when you're drafted, you really don't b- belong to that team. Your NHL rights belong to that team. But if you don't sign your contract, to, you know you don't have to do what they want. But typically, first overall pick in the draft will stay there. But we made the decision uh, and we didn't go public with it either, but we asked for a trade. And uh, so everybody speculated that's what was going on, anyways. But I thought we handled it pretty well as far as being classy. We did bad mouth. Yeah, well, I think I think because I was an American, yeah. was an American kid, um, I
1: got a bad rap, or we got a bad rap for saying that I didn't want to play in Canada, and yeah. that was t- totally totally not true. I mean, I played in the OHL, and then I mean, my probably still today, my best team that I played for and had the most fun was in Toronto. Yeah, uh, for you know being a Leafs, uh, being a Leafs, uh, and the Leafs fan and stuff. So I think they got a bad rap early on that I was a spoiled kid that didn't want to play in Canada because that was all it came out pretty much. Pretty close after Lindros made that deal with yeah, know, that's uh, right too. Big, with Quebec, so I think yeah. that that uh, so we got a little bit of a bad rap, right? And then you get drafted by the great Mike Milbury, or you get traded. Yeah, you oh, traded. Trade, yes. traded. Yeah, yeah. Milbury trade. um It's like a redhead and stepchild. Milbury. I
0: mean, <laughs> love,
1: love, love, that's the love the love hate relationship. Uh, but somebody, I mean, it was just yeah. He just some of the stuff, that the stories that uh, you know that come out of that locker room were, were, were amazing. But he was always, he liked me because I would stand up for, for myself and my teammates. Um, but it's, I know, you know, my even my rookie year was things I really shouldn't have, I mean, saying to a cultural or a general manager. But just that, you know, the, the older guys we had, great guys. I mean, we had guys like Rich Pilon and Mick Bakota and Derek King, but, you know, they were on their last legs of their career too. And didn't really, it wasn't, they didn't really have any clout to say anything to Milbury. And, and I can tell you guys a quick story. But at the end of the year, obviously, we're a young team, we don't make the playoffs. And uh, we're all at the locker room packing up our gear, and there's no hockey bags. There's like hefty bags in front of the stalls.
3: Right. I, I didn't and, know that. Uh,
1: well. we're, yeah, we're like, uh, so go, I go to Joe McMahon, who's the equipment manager at the time, and he's like, "Yeah, nobody said you guys can't take your hockey bags home." And I'm like, "Are you, are you effing kidding me?" And I'm like, "This is a joke. What are you NHL? We can't take our hockey bags?" And I literally went barging upstairs, and it was time to the Nassau Coliseum. Your office in the Coliseum, so I went right into his office, and he's just kind of chuckled at me. He's like. Because I was waiting for somebody to come up, and I didn't think it was going to be you. Oh, uh, yeah. like, course, yeah. Uh, of course you guys can take your hockey bags home. You just kind of, you, you would do all things like the test, like that just to kind of bust balls and at the same time. And and, and Mil- we ended up getting along good, but, you know. Yeah. And he still, you know, when he traded me that day, it's still, I got wind of it. Uh, another quick story. I was in Montreal. We were playing in Montreal. I was actually hurt. I was out with an adductor strain. And I got a call from the Shearwood rep saying that I got traded to Toronto. And I was kind of, at that time, I was kind of shocked. I was like, no way, you know, Milberg was going to trade me. And when I get back to the hotel, I get back to the hotel quick. And I, I forget if it was Bill Stewart or a couple of the assistant coaches uh, were in the lobby. You're like, better, you better hurry up and get up to the room because he's about to trade you. So when I got up there, I knocked on his door. And it was he opened the door. I said, it's too late. You, uh, you traded to Trim. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? And then it was kind of, I was kind of shocked. But uh,
3: I mean, to be honest, it was probably the best thing that could happen to me. Obviously, <laughs> I got hurt with the eye. but. And but better, better remember too, Brian won rookie of the year. Yeah, two, two year. years before that. Right. So to be traded, uh, but that was Milbury, right? Is this Like you said, you're probably lucky you did get traded. To Trader the, Mike, trading yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. Remember one yeah, time, was... There was one, I can't remember, it must have been like second year or something like that. I was on the phone with Milbury and he says to me, talking about you, he says, I'm going to break him. And uh, I said, break what, him? What are you going to break him for? So I said, uh, I said, okay, listen, we're not going to talk about each other behind each other's backs. Let's get a meeting, the three of us together. So we met at the hotel right by the Coliseum and uh i said to brian and brian already knew that this conversation had happened and i said to brian like, i said to milbury i think so why do you want to break brian and he denied saying it no like, oh, that's that's the kind of guy he was you know um but like i said he's i, I do think a lot of it was like acting the tough guy like you know brian would stand up to him so he would do as much yeah. so he, i think i think to be honest to look back to it, i
1: think he was i mean he was going through a hard time in his life as well yeah. and, i mean because some of the guys he traded i mean yeah I mean, you look at our defense. It was myself, McKee, Eric Brewer, Scotland Chance. Uh, I mean, he would have yeah. long-going net. We had Big Chara. Yeah. I mean, it was just, just the defense alone. I mean, we had top six guys that could have played pretty much anywhere and, and, and could have been there for a long time. So, I'm sure he looks back at it and ball, regrets it as well,
3: I would think. Who'd you get traded for from Toronto? Uh, Potvin.
1: Right? He, he, he was so sick of Tommy Salo is basically what he said to me. He's like, I'm so sick of our goaltending. I needed to get a, I needed to get a real goaltender, a proven goaltender here so it's like i had to use your bait to get popped
2: right i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen
3: indeed.com slash match terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed so it was that the end of your first contract that we had a holdout right uh, with toronto you set the- uh, yeah that was the end of the year because we, we went into the to toronto and that was actually the closing it
1: was, it was awesome because of the closing of the garden yeah uh, the opening of the year, brand new Air canada center at the time uh we had a really good team we lost the eastern conference finals at buffalo Right against Hassick, but uh, that was that was a pretty good run we had, and then we opened up a new building as well. So you know, we had a young
3: team. That was I remember that night too when they uh, they closed down the garden and we went. Remember they put the boards on the ice and we they opened up a couple of bars down there and we stayed there until like three or four in the morning drinking. Maybe yeah oh. Toronto Was fun. I mean, that was yeah. that was I was you know I was young. Yeah. I was probably twenty two or so. Yeah, and, uh, you know, single guy living in Toronto was it yeah. Was, uh, it was, You're, was fun. You were living the life there. I've, I came and spent a couple of nights there. Uh oh, uh oh, do tell. Oh well. <laughs> Well, yeah, like I get told before, and I mean, I hope I say this. Brian has no problem meeting young ladies, and they they like him quite a bit. So he's going to Toronto, he's a, he's a maple leaf, and he's there, and there's all these women around. So it's uh, it's team. Did the wingman pick up any strap, straps? Straps? You, you couldn't help it. Yeah, you couldn't help it if you didn't pick up somebody somewhere else. I just kind of I kind of hide in the weeds, and then I coming at the end. But
1: damn, <laughs> Tom's, Tom's the talker. Oh yeah, it's pretty much. Another another quick little story is funny because I mean, obviously, I was I was single when I was in Toronto as well, so. You know a lot, know a lot of the guys that uh, you know the, hall, the hockey all fame and stuff, and, and I forget the guy's name. That kind of teaches I believe he still takes care of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, Pritchard, uh, Andy Pritchard, Phil Pritchard, yeah, Phil I Pritchard. Think so, anyway, so a, a buddy of ours, Mark Eaton, um, won a Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh, and then we had a little party here in Newport. And My, my younger brother ran into the you know, went, went to the party, went to the cup, and he said he grabbed uh, grabbed my brother and said, "Listen," he goes, "I don't know what you're bringing. On. Your brother's not really that good looking or whatever. He does really
3: really <laughs> well." <with playing. laughs> It, it, it is. is it it is. It's not my looks. At, I say, I smell it. Like, I smell like cookies. Oh <laughs> <honest laughs> got it. it's amazing! Like he'll sit there in the corner, and I'm working hard all night long, and he's sitting there in the corner. He ends up bringing some gorgeous girl home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always oh, something going on. Could mm-hmm. do you bring home? Oh, we bring something home, <laughs> but I had to work ten times as hard as he did. <laughs> Non-stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. That Toronto was fun. Yeah, you know, for me growing up around that area too. You don't know, come back in Toronto and you're playing there. And every you now, everywhere you go, a Toronto makes a leaf when they go someplace so brian so your agent was just like crashing on your couch just hanging out there oh no i had more he had more room for me oh yeah. wow yeah nice spot oh, yeah. too nice yeah and nice the, Toronto was nice that was, that was that was a good really nice place to play that's for sure yeah. Yeah. yes we met a few famous people too belinda stronic remember her
1: yeah she was she
3: was good belinda she great yeah. and she boosted to tie as well which is probably not probably so belinda stronic they're a very wealthy family very ca- famous can uh, beautiful woman and uh brian introduced to uh Ty Domi, remember Ty Domi? Later on, I tried to claim that he knew her first.
1: <laughs> <I> remember <laughs> that? The, Ty's still a great friend. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he, I'm a great guy. Yeah, yeah. That was that was. Uh, I think that was during a lockout. Is is, is pretty yeah. much when when I met her. I was at the, I was actually out at the Santa Anita. I was at the uh, one of the big horse horse races, right. and uh, I had security come up to me and say that you know I was wanted upstairs. And I believe her dad still owns that track. Uh, was he owns a bunch of horse uh, horse tracks in the U.S. I think the big auto parts company. Magnum Auto yeah. parts. I believe. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I said so that was one upstairs. I was I was with a bunch of buddies from Rhode Island. I was like the, the degenerate gamblers out and out in the midfield. I like this is my shirt all off and shorts oh. on at the big uh, the big horse race, and um, we got called up, and that's how I met her, and then uh, ended up hanging out. With her. I mean, she. Wow. Was, I mean, I'll even say she was a cougar for me. I was young. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty much how that uh, we we had a little bit of fun. And that was yeah. It. Yeah. She's, she's like she's got like that classic older lady, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. We were yeah. yeah, we were staying in L.A. too. I was with a buddy in L.A., we were just yeah. kind of bouncing around and, and having some fun, and then hitting horse races
3: during the day. Yeah. That is Sunday. Brian's a good gambler too. He'll go to Vegas and spend like twelve hours, well, twenty four hours at the gambling the table there. Too. Yeah, it, it used to be for sure. That's uh, I wish I could have a lot of that money back, but it
1: was fun. Definitely yeah. I, the Jack. Still, I still like playing a little bit. I, I like gambling on football and things like that as well. It's, it's fun.
3: All right. So was it your Third season that you got hit in the eye, third or fourth season? When was that?
1: Yeah, that was uh, right at the end of the end, end of the regular season. It Was in March. Uh, what was it March eleventh, two thousand? It Was right oh, at yeah. the end there. I uh, took a stick in Ottawa. Uh, oh, Marion was some kind
3: of kind of a uh, little bit of a careless stick that yeah. in front of that and kind of hit me right in the eye. Yeah, I remember watching it on TV too, and your parents were watching it at home, obviously. And uh, there's a lot of times where guys get hit up in the face like that, but your eyes kind of protected. Sure, you wear a so, shield, right? Uh, did you have a shield? No, right? I had no shield. No oh, shield. Okay. Yeah. But it was one of those ones who probably still would have hit him because it went kind of up, up under his face. And, you know, again, you, you think, okay, well, he's probably going to get hurt. He's going to get stitches. And then your uh, parents called me, and uh, they, I guess they found out how bad the damage was, so we all flew into Toronto the next day. Yeah, there was,
1: it was one of those, uh, it was kind of like a rupture cut. more than anything. The, the guy, unfortunately, I wasn't, wasn't, I guess my body wasn't kind of prepared or whatever, so I didn't close my eyeball. So the way the stick hit me, it hit me pretty hard, so my eyeball kind of ruptured. Right. Um, and, and right away, I knew I was in trouble because, I mean, it went, Pretty much a pitch black. And then, uh, I mean, the story, it, it was tough. I mean, because I knew I was in trouble. And then the doctors thought it was just the blood. And then, you know, obviously I get back and it was really, it wasn't much pain. It was just new. I knew I was in trouble. I yeah. my eye pretty much. I couldn't see. Um, and then we're sitting in the back of the room, uh, get back to the dressing room. And uh, obviously the doctors come in and, and they spray eye wash in it. And and uh, right away, I could tell by the doctor's faces. And actually the guys that were healthy scratches, uh, I think Gary Volk and uh, big Chris McAllister were behind them. And I could see their faces. And I knew I was in trouble uh and the doctors like, we got to get him out of here and then we, it even gets worse from there we get to the first hospital and the same thing i'm still in like my i wore a girdle at the time and stuff i'm still like a no shirt on girdle, and the doctors come in and same thing they use the eye wash and the first doctor's like we can't do that here and i'm like what do you mean you can't do that here um so i knew right away that i was pretty much the eye was in bad shape and, and uh that's the last time i remember kind of getting up and i don't say almost fainting. i was kind of like i think i got sick and then i remember they they gave me a shot in the ass and next thing I know I woke up uh, in the morning. I think it was about an eight hour surgery. Right. to save save that eye and I think it ruptured an artery too. as well. So it was it was a big surgery. Yeah. That yeah, was tough.
3: I remember they got back to Toronto too, Brian, uh, Brad can you try to walk through a door, you just had no depth perception at all. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, that was <clears throat> that was interesting times.
1: Was, yeah, for sure. Definitely, uh definitely I mean that freak accident, that's that's what it what it was. And, and, yeah. and again, like Tom said, the, the eye's pretty protected, so I mean, it's it's pretty crazy
0: that it was that sure. that uh, it was that severe of an injury. Right. So, Brian, you're on the table now. You wake up, and at what point are you saying? I because we had Grant Marshall on who broke his neck when he was 16. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm going to play. I'm going to play again. When did you? When does that kick in for you? Is it right away? Is it a few days I, later? Yeah, I thought. Uh, no, I thought I was done. To be honest yeah. with you, um, obviously, you know, I woke up in the morning, and, and uh,
1: Brent Smith, one of the trainers for the Leafs, was awesome. He stayed with me overnight and stuff. And I think there was a snowstorm going on, so my parents couldn't get there till like midday the next day. Yeah. And when I woke up, I'm like, I want to see the doctors. I want to know what's going on. They're like, oh, wait, let's wait till your parents get here. I'm like, you know, 20, I think it was 23, I'm like, 23 years old. I want want to see the doctors. And the doctors came in and they took the bandage off. And then they're like, you know, you you can have no sight, all this, all this kind of stuff. We had to basically save your eye. And then when the doctors put a flashlight on, I actually saw the light. So they were kind of like, holy shit, you know? So then I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe it is going to come back. But as days went on, the light got less and less. Um, and basically it was just the, the blood that was sitting in my eyeball that, uh, did all the damage to the retina, basically just ruined my vision, uh, completely. So it's pretty much, you know, when I came back, I, I pretty much played with one eye. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, basically, uh, you know, it catches light and my brain just doesn't use it when my left eye is open. Um, sometimes I almost wish, I mean, I say this a lot of times, cause if, if I do, if my brain picks it up a little bit, it kind of screws me up a little bit, It'll screw my, uh, my, depth perception actually is gone, but my equilibrium as well. It would probably would have been better off if they put a glass eye in, to be honest. Right. So, we had a second surgery, too, or a couple of surgeries, right? With Stanley Chang. Yeah, I think I, I ended up having, like, six. Because uh, oh. Dr. Stanley Chang was great. I mean, he tried yeah. to get as much vision back as possible because he knew I wanted to play. At that time, there was, a, a like, a league limit. Um, I think it was 2,400. The see out of it. So, they knew I had to get to that to be able to play. Um, you know, at the same time, I don't know if you remember this, but that Casey Martin was playing in golf. And it was, like, the handicap. Yeah, yeah. The golf thing. So I remember I got I got contacted by a lot of lawyers and said, "Listen, they cannot cannot deny you work. So if you want to play back in the league, uh, you know they they cannot de- deny you from playing." Uh, so they basically a lot of lawyers were like let the NHL try and sue them. So I think the NHL got into that and uh, really kind of was very lenient on my eye exam to to if I could be able to come out come back and play. I could play. All right. Remember our little system for the eye exams exactly I mean they they gave me a contact lens that said that that basically got me to that 2400 which was complete because i didn't wear that contact lens one yeah. I played it was just a it was a hard contact lens that kind of irritated my eye and
3: and uh it was just basically I had to learn to, to play with
1: get back in league and play with my eye.
3: see that was the amazing part to me because I saw you the couple of days after when you couldn't walk through the doorway and all of a sudden and again I really didn't think you were going to play anymore and uh, i remember saying to you I don't know if you remember this tonight i said brian why don't you come work with me in the asian business and uh the first yeah. time i think you really said to me no, no i'm going to play again honestly oh, and uh at first i was the question was brian like and I, I don't think maybe i said this to you but in my mind i'm thinking well brian you got one eye how, are you, gonna, yeah. how are you gonna play uh yeah. but probably, up, i probably probably should have i mean it probably financially wasn't the best decision um
1: yeah i probably probably should have i mean i came back and then you know it took me a couple of years to adapt and I, then i started putting up some some decent offensive numbers but uh still definitely wasn't the same player I
3: ever was. yeah America. and i think it was frustrating for you too right because you knew how good you could be and you just couldn't get back i mean you still were a dominant player but you just couldn't get back to what you're ultimately were going to be so well, brian came back and played 300 plus games in the nhl yeah. which has made an incredible comeback story obviously remember remember practice one time with the rangers and you were Going around the boards and it wasn't because of the eye maybe we were flying into the boards or something like that didn't brian leach say something to you like go the other well uh, leach, leach was on the on the bench because i kept pitching i i didn't
1: never was a visor fan Um and i wore the visor I, I put the visor back on i put the visor obviously close to my face to protect my good eye and uh just i mean it just was we sitting on a bench at goes, he's like he's like i got an idea for you why don't you just shave down your nose a little bit more and you're, you're, you're right <laughs> that, well, is that what it was okay <laughs> Yeah, watch well, just to shave that up and go get your nose done. Have I mean, your nose shaved down a little bit. and you'd be able to see a little bit more. It's kind of fun. And Leach, and anybody knows Leach, he's, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't say nothing. Yeah. So when he said that, the whole bench just started dying laughing. So it was yeah. Pretty
3: funny. yeah, we've done a few events together. I always try to give him a hard time, but he sings me back pretty good. Yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially when you're drinking his Amherstel Lights. you guys. <laughs> he's, 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 he's one of the best yeah he's good he's good so we had one come back play one year and remember we did a contract typically back in those days you do like maybe a two-year contract with an option year, so it's the sure. terms option but we did the reverse we did a one-year contract with a three-year option so his theory was to come back see how he would do then if the rangers didn't want to pick up his contract again he could walk away and be a free agent or they had to pick up three-year option gotcha. so um, so you did well too it's just i think we well, probably played all 82 games that year. yeah, yeah. And I think more it was and I. I, I, I definitely. I mean,
1: I that first year back. I mean, I was definitely not even close. Yes, yeah. I, mean, I only had twenty some points or something. I think I played all eighty two gigs but um, you know, I wasn't close. Was just kind of like feeling myself around, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, and then obviously I went signed with Boston, and then then started to kind of get it. Then that year, I think I put up ten goals and maybe close to forty points. Um, and then they, being the good old Bruins, they did the whole bullshit with the arbitration. Yeah, and then I ended up going to Chicago, and then Chicago, I think I put up almost a point a game, I believe it was like 50 something. Games. I, you know, I think I had 40, 47 40. points. Yeah. 13, so was that yeah. So I started, started to put some good numbers up. And then unfortunately I, I go to Columbus, uh, signed a two year deal with, with good old Doug McLean, who was great. Hey, um, and really, I, mean, I was putting
3: up really good numbers there and then I blew out the back. So that was pretty much my, that's right. let right that right front. And then I think the Islanders we were talking a little bit about coming back there too. Weren't they at one point? Can we talk? Yeah. I went to the Islanders. That's when, uh, Good old Teddy Nolan um, was there, and he just—he was.
1: I mean, Ted's a good guy and stuff, but it, for me as a coach and stuff like that, everything he—he just—he he couldn't see me without—he couldn't see me without the one eye. Everything was about, blaming everything on my on my eye and, and all that kind of stuff, which was kind of bullshit because I was putting up numbers and coming back from the back and and uh, you know, basically finished out with Kent, my good buddy Kent Hitchcock, who I can't stand biggest phonies in the league ever and i have no problem saying that um he's never played a sport in his life and <laughs> that coach is
3: a sony um but then again ted nolan and basically that was it i went to russia for a year and then pretty much retired yeah we had Ken Hitchcock on the show and uh because i've carved him a few times too and i, th- I said to him right in the show i said listen i've been very critical of you and i i had a player that played with you you guys didn't get a lot too good to talk about you and uh he i don't know if he was full of it or not but he kind of explained that he wanted to create chaos which his uh was logic out there so uh but oh he yeah, did he
1: definitely did and it was, it was it was brutal because you know obviously i i put up really good numbers and stuff and, and it's when turk was there um was with our head coach and he got fired they brought hitchcock in and I, I missed a whole year and a half basically a year because the columbus doctors screwed up on my back um i went and had one back surgery and it was actually two discs so i had to go back in and then i do now uh, i had l4 l5 done when i actually blew both i blew the uh, the lumbar three, four, and four five. So I basically did all this rehab. I come back to, you know, miss like four months. Come back and then all the same symptoms come back, and then I had to get another surgery. And Hitchcock even closer. I come back. Hitchcock's in the league. I come back. I played two games after missing a year and a half. And Hitchcock's all over me, like all over my game, saying I can't play defense. I played.
3: I just said Hitch. I played two games for you. So he was. That's all he was doing. Right. Was creating chaos. Didn't he uh, tell you? Didn't he tell you that he taught Guy Carbon how to play hockey or something? Was that he, he was.
1: He was just he was really a swoony at the time. I was I had enough of him and Gordon Murphy, that's for sure. Yeah, um, there's there's some board, confrontations there. Yeah, definitely. lucky Bucky hadn't kick
3: his ass. <laughs> he's really song. Drop off of I have no problem saying it. Yeah, I know. That was that was a mess there too. Yeah. Yeah, Hitch I think Hitch has changed, maybe I don't know if he's changed or not, but uh I think I think he realizes more now that he all the stuff that he do, was doing just wasn't necessary at all. So Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, they're why I'm so bitter about it too, because it
1: literally kind of crushed my career. Because so I was, I was, I was putting up good elbows coming back, and then those guys just kind of not even giving me a chance coming back from, from having two back surgeries was was I thought was just brutal. Nothing, really, no respect. Yeah. And then so
3: you retired. You went over for Russia for was it a full season you were over Russia?
1: I went over for about a, uh, three quarters of the season, um, and it was. pretty, I mean, I was I was playing that check off the VD's team. That was kind of I was with, over there with Chris Simon. Oh. I was a little bit of a gong show, but uh, huh. it was good. I mean, the league was good. The top two lines could play. And I, I was a little, kind of looking forward to to kind of playing a few years over there and making some good money. Um, and I went back the following year, um, and that's when that plane went down with, with, a, lot, with a lot of oh. guys on it. That's right. So I lost – that played in Toronto and, you know, Beast, Brad McCrimmon and stuff. And, and the planes were so bad. I was like, this isn't worth it. Uh, so I was never scared to fly, but that time I knew those planes were so old and stuff, so I was kind of uh, – I kind of became – i just kind of ski I was like, this isn't worth it. So I kind of came home. How, how, was, how was Russian life? Was it crazy, as everybody says? It was. I mean, it, it was, uh, especially the team I, I played for, uh, you know, that does. It was, I think he's in jail now, but he was one of uh, uh, Nick, uh, Putin's or whatever you call him. This guy, Nikolai, that owned that team. And he was like the southern mob, uh, southern Moscow mob boss. So it was it was some crazy stuff. I mean, uh, we were well-protected in the drivers and bodyguards. But uh, it was definitely the Wild West, that's for that's huh. yeah, funny were they paying you in bags of cash they were absolutely uh we get, i get paid probably four or five times that that year with, um and every time it was different currency i mean literally you get a bag with like you know anywhere want something like about 100 to 200 grand in it and be u.s and then next time it'd be euros next time it'd be rubles and you basically have a bank and sit there for you know four or five hours to, to wire it back because they count and basically go through and then check every bill if there's counterfeit i mean it was a pain in the ass to be honest with you. you pay cash like, i mean you could obviously and then if you fly back from Moscow to New York, it'd be like two different security checkpoints. Um, so they would just kind of look and see if you had any cash on you to try to grab it. So it definitely, if we want to fly home, if we wanted to bring some cash on, we'd fly home through Switzerland. That was the way to do it.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> if you want to bring 100 or 200 grand cash back, we just can't throw it in travel. Go to Switzerland in your all right. Right. So when you finally retired, Brian, looking back at the whole career, how'd you feel? Really? Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, you know, it, it ended a lot a lot quicker
1: than i thought it would you know growing up and, and especially starting to play you think you're gonna play till you're 36 37 38 years old yes um and at that time the league doesn't really you know they, they really don't prepare you um and it's, yeah. it's it's kind of if i could do it in hindsight i kind of almost try to set something up for myself um you know so right when you're done you can kind of jump into things totally. um so I, you know obviously for me it was fortunate situation with 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 Good old phil kenner my old financial advisor too that's when i kind of learned everything was kind of crumb one down my career was ending and then uh, the feds the fbi kind of approached us i was i came back i was living in new york city um just to kind of have a little bit of fun for a few years before i kind of go back to work or, or figure out what the plan was and then got approached by the feds that uh you know they were very careful with me at the beginning thinking that maybe i could have been part of part of the heist or whatever you know because i was close with kenner um uh, i wasn't really close with Kenner. i was just thinking some of these investments we made, we made uh, some of these land deals with Lehman Brothers. Unfortunately, they were just as crooked as Kenner was. Um, but, uh, you know, then I find out that pretty much, um, you know, my life savings is pretty much all gone. I mean, it was close to, I mean, you got close to probably almost $4 million you got me with with all the investments. Um, so that kind of came, it was, it was kind of, uh, I guess, kind of hit me pretty hard with with retiring and then learning that uh, all the money that it kind of
3: made playing hockey was gone as well. Yeah, it was tough times. Um, we went on, what was it what Battle of the Blades? Is that what you were on? Uh, yes, we
1: went, uh, the Battle of the Blades that they approached me doing that too with, uh, in Toronto. And that, that was, that, I mean, I was like, what am I doing here? Uh, cause I was, I was probably about 245 pounds. I was fat. I was out of shape. And, uh, go to do this figure skating show. And that'd be great. I mean, it was for charity. I was there for eight weeks. Um, ended up doing pretty good in it. It was tough work. I ended up losing like, I think I lost like 18, 22 pounds that, I came in second place, uh, but it was fun. I mean, I, I was, uh, Mary, France uh Dubray was one of my, uh, she was my partner. One of the best skaters I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Her and her husband were unbelievable. Um, but it was a good show and it was, it, and it was great. It was for the charity. Uh, fortunately, it was with Luke Richardson, you know, coach of the Blackhawks, with his daughter um, I did charity for her. She committed suicide, which, oh, you know, oh, mental wow. health and stuff. Uh, I was called It for Darren. Um, it's a mental health uh, hospital out of Ottawa. Um, so it was, it was, you know, to raise, you know, to raise awareness and stuff like that was 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 big. Very good. And now you've got a book out. Yeah, the book. Uh, I think that was a few years ago. Now we wrote a book. Uh, you know, up up in Canada uh, with Simon and Schuster and stuff and, and uh, uh, Jim Lang, um, I believe. You know, it was, it was good. I mean, it, was, it wasn't something to be honest with you that I wanted to write it. Um, I wanted to, to 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 reveal a little bit more in it, uh, but they were nervous with the whole you know, lawsuits today and stuff like this. So it's, it's really a rated, even more than a rated G version of, uh, of um, you know, my story.
3: But it, it's pretty good. It's a good it's a good read. So what do you mean if you were to do it again, do it your way, uh, get into more details, like how you feel about yeah. Hitchcock? Best athlete, being a young, you know,
1: young player coming up, um, you know, kind of things that you, know, you kind of got to grow up pretty quick. I mean, obviously moving to Detroit at a young age, obviously living with a family, but just the whole you know, then then moving to New York and, and, and playing for the Islanders and, you know, New York City with China Club and all those kind of things on the Vegas. Yeah, so and there's just some stories and then the Russian stories. There's some things that I would have liked to get out there that, right. I mean, they were not have to rated been uh, rated X, but at least, you know, kind of tell some fun stories and kind
3: of just about, you know, the life the life growing up and, and right. kind of thrown to the wolves at a pretty young age. Right. You know, some bad things have happened to you with the eye and the money and all that, but you really live life full out too, don't you think?
1: Absolutely. I, I, that's how I, I, you know, I was raised pretty much a day at a time and, and really no regrets for sure. I mean, uh, day at a time and, and deal with the way things are thrown at you. Um, for sure. I definitely have no regrets. I, I would do it all again. And even with the eye. I mean, I say that was a bad financial decision, but you know, I was 23 years old. What was I going to do for, you know, I was glad I was able to come back and play. Um, you know, I wish there was some things that would have protected myself. But again, at that time, hockey, it's, it's a middle class. It was a middle class sport. Um, you know, and, and, so my, you know, my parents said no, no, anything about making money or, or, protecting, you know, in certain ways. So, um, you know, definitely look back, there would have been some definitely different decisions I would have made. Sure. Um, uh, but not, you know, but again, I grew up from a blue collar. My dad was a mechanic and made $50,000 a year, uh, raised six kids. So there's not much to,
0: you know, look back and
1: think that that could have been done different. So.
0: Would you, would you affect a different agent though, if you could do it all over again?
3: Uh, no, not at all. Not, not at all. Me and Tom had a, we, we had a special relationship, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah. We're like brothers, you know, it was, uh, other, other clients of mine, I used to make fun of all the time. It's just, you, you just got borrowed. That's, you never talk to me. You talk to Brad. <laughs> that's the way it was, but I think so <laughs> much stuff, stuff happened. Like, uh, with the eye injury, I was living in well, Greenwich still. So they'd come down uh, from Rhode Island the night before, stay at my house. And then we'd go down to the doctor in the morning. So we just, uh, but the whole family, I became part of the family and we talked about Pam before and that's, uh, she treated me like a son and it was, uh, and, and like, even if I did something wrong, she didn't like, she would gonna let me know too. But, uh, as yeah, far as like, I think. I think to, to start to catch off Tom, but I think the biggest it was almost like he was a therapist as well
1: because obviously when I went to Detroit, Tom was living in Detroit at the time. You know he was working for IMG. You know there's a lot of things that that I didn't really expect. Obviously playing junior and stuff, so I used to call him after games and kind of pick his brain. Obviously I knew he played in the NHL as well as a defenseman, so it went a long way. And I think that's
3: how our relationship was developed. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, real good. Actually, I was going to say pretty good, excellent relationship. Yeah, and I'm so glad I'm part of your family, Bruce and uh, Greg. What's your what's your sister's name? uh bethany, bethany yeah. i forgot that i've been her in so long yeah. that's what we're going to talk about now because I'm, I'm part
1: uh you know part of uh, we've we started that new with you know with all the new hockey and the academy teams that are going on today the u14 to the u18 right. um my brother bruce has got uh, his son brody who's at 09 yeah uh, i was part of the, the u14 team now he's a stud a yeah big right shot defenseman yeah you know, he's all oh, 36 feet already uh, 185 pounds he's, he's gonna be a player yeah. it's fun to walk back involved in, in the youth hockey and stuff and kind of working with him now for two years and and the kids the kids are studying he's a special player and he he probably has a pretty good shot I mean it's tough to tell at 14 but you can see his hockey IQ and the way his vision on
3: the ice and the kid's gifted so he's probably got a chance to make a career out of hockey as well so it's fun to watch looks like he's pretty driven too like his his father's showing videos all the time on instagram and everything the kid works hard at it too so yeah he does he focuses he's a tough kid too he's got he's got a mean streak um like likes to hit lays guys
1: out a lot um so it's it it should should be fun 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 to watch Big, uh, big, big, I think he's going to be a two way to he won't be an offensive guy, but he could he definitely can, uh, he's a well-rounded and, and moves the puck very well. So it's, it'll be fun. Next.
3: Well, listen, uh, you know, I, I view, like we talked, I view you and your family as a uh, part of my family. So, uh, I'm really glad that I am in your life. Uh, I love you guys quite a bit. And it's been a fantastic journey since you were 16 years old. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Tom, Tom. Right, thank you. Time. Great. For, thank you very much for coming on the show too. I know you don't like to talk about yourself too much, but I appreciate you coming on it's a great show oh, no problem no, Thanks, no problem brian. thank you guys very much Thanks appreciate so it much. You. Thanks.
0: wow that's a first man you, you're sitting here with tears in your eyes tom it's dusty in here no you, allergies you wrap that up uh, and you got you got choked up you're a little emotional right now well you don't know watch uh, i think like you had brian burrard on
3: talking about his mother she's choked up um and uh his mother had passed away like it was. And, uh, I'd become such a big part of their family and, and they became a big part of my family as well. Uh, so thinking about her and the memories and all that kind of stuff and the stuff we went through with Brian, I, 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 when I first started the agent business, I never would have anticipated that I would, you know, get that emotionally involved with the family and all the things he went through, uh, with the eye and we get drafted. And then, you know, asked for a trade from Ottawa, which we had to do, but, you know, now you're, you know, you you're, it kind of goes against Canadian culture. In the nhl to ask for a trade when you're, you're first overall picking the draft you're supposed to go there that's that's the team played well for. lindros had done it just a few years earlier yeah yeah so but you know that's uh i remember thinking listen i was going to take some heat for it but that i said that's my job i'm an agent and my job's to protect yep. him so i was the spokesperson out there and people were you know throwing a lot at both of us but uh you know i had to be the guy out there the spokesperson yep. for him so think so going through all the stuff and then uh, he touched on it i wasn't sure if we want to talk about it or not uh he that phil kenner his financial guy we ripped him off Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that was a tough time because Brian did, you know, he, he'd been pretty smart with his money as far as saving it up and, you know, one, he, you know, rightfully so he'd had, uh, he'd worked hard, uh, saved, but money. U.S.'s agent have no say in his finances, yeah. right? So that's someone totally separate. Yeah. And this Phil Kenner. And again, when Brian touched on it too, he was a young guy when he got involved with Kenner. I, I'd been around a little bit and we used to argue about Phil because I didn't, uh, I didn't like him. Like it. it wasn't just me. He was just one of those guys that, uh, so was that part of the whole golf course thing when the yeah. guys were investing in the golf courses? Yeah. And- yep. So there's a lot of guys that lost, I should say a lot, but there's a few players, I think a dozen players. Yeah. Done with him. And he wasn't even a licensed uh, investor. Wow. Oh, he was one of those guys that was really good at uh, schmoozing with the players and getting them to, to trust them. But right. and again, just, and it wasn't because I was smarter than Brian right that. just from being around a lot, you could cut, you just, you just, can just get that slimy um, vibe. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we argued a couple of times about him, uh, but you no. Know, and again, I've told you stories about myself part of the reason brian was so successful and i was successful we were just
0: totally stubborn yep. yeah we just weren't gonna listen to anybody we we're gonna do it our way but we time. we should we should uh, i should say to our audience you got the uh, progen they can hear it you get wrapped up you got oh. choked up man you had <laughs> and you know you were yeah i've seen this show that that's okay you, you, pre- yeah. you preach all this mental health and well-being yeah. and that's okay to, to dive into that you know well i guess
3: you know what it is too i think to myself I, i'm not getting emotional and all of a sudden it comes on me and i think you start we all the talk about it especially with this mother and the family yeah. Uh, the brothers, everything we were, we were tight. Like I'd go stay at their house. They'd stay at my house. Um, and, uh, you know, man, there's a lot of emotional stuff. I guess I, I wasn't realizing like all the stuff he went through and again, thinking about his mother a lot too, cause she really was, she was that woman. She was a rock. She's a cigarette smoker. Yeah. Like she would, the foul language and dance. Oh, on the he case. said, it, he just said it on the episode. She jumped in fights. She was scratching oh, people God. in a big brawl. Yeah. I tell you, if you were, and I've said it before, if you were on her side, she would die for you literally. Yeah. That's not just the saying she would, she'd would die for you. Or she'd kill for you too, uh. But if you were on the opposite side, <laughs> man, you're like, oh, man. There's times I, I told him when I first sent a letter to him, spelled his name yep. wrong.
0: No, it sounds like she sounds like an awesome lady.
3: Yeah, she really was. And when they spoke, uh, particularly Greg did a lot of the talk and Brian wasn't too comfortable doing it. at The funeral about her, it was really interesting to see the like uh, the memories because of what they were saying. Yeah, that's so how she lived her life. She lived her life full out. That's the thing with Birds so and the same way. And we touched on it where they. I think you really look at that family. They really lived their life. Their, their, yeah, their follow out. Like the father you met the father wally great guy and he's an older gentleman now and everything but they tell the stories about him driving the bike through the bar uh,
0: <laughs> yeah no awesome awesome uh, family awesome you could see the relationship you have with him that's yeah, awesome glad good. you guys got to catch up and people yeah. got to hear it that was awesome. yeah, that's good you know we should do it more you know how we are as guys so too right we
3: always say we gotta get there more often we... and then you do and you're like this is incredible this is yeah. awesome i love it and then you forget about it yeah remember we had that uh, we did a show with dave Sokin. Uh, dave and i got on the phone a couple days before the show and started telling
0: stories yeah <laughs> it was so like, <laughs> but that's but you know that's okay that's it's okay to be low maintenance friends like yeah. you don't have to you know yeah. you can, when you pick it up like and guys are good very yeah is that true like yeah. the g- guys can go for 20 years and yeah. not talk to
3: each other right up. out best friends yeah yeah brian that uh, deal with brian was a great experience experience i didn't think i was going to have when i got in started being yep. an agent uh, and just the yeah like i like I learned so much the things like when he came back to play i mean we had to work. He
0: received his insurance money, but he had to. we had to work on a deal to pay that back over time. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so that's something that had never been oh, done before. Because he got the money, but because he wasn't able to play anymore. But yeah. then once he could play, he had to give the money
3: back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, career, it's called career-ending disability insurance. Uh, oh, so, right. so uh, yeah, they were pretty good. They, you know, they were good. You have to wait 12 months before they'll pay you to determine that you can't play. Okay. But And he received that. I remember. So, I remember when he called me and I said, we just chatted with someone, He said, why don't you come work with me? I really had no idea he was thinking to come back and playing. So when he did, he said, oh, I want to come back and play. Uh, we had a lot of people help us in that too. Herb Brooks was still alive and he was coaching the uh, Olympic team that was coming up. And I, I called her because we started a good relationship. I said, can Brian Bird come out and skate? He said, well, listen, he's not trying out for the team. You know, Herb, he's got that. Yeah, of course he's, he's dragged it on us and he says, yeah, but he can go out and skate. And then I called a few GMs. Don Maloney had been the assistant GM with the Rangers. I uh, obviously played with him, roommates with him. I said, listen, Brian Bird's gonna uh, we'll go skate. You may want to go to the camp and watch him skate. He came back and said, yeah, he can play." So I worked out a deal and again, like Brian touched on too, it was tough, you know, because he just got started again. So yeah. he really, he didn't play bad here with the Rangers, but he played all the 82 games, but wasn't really the Brian Barrett mm-hmm. But when he got, by the time he got to Chicago, I remember Sutter was the coach there, Brian Sutter. And, uh, Brian was really playing pretty, pretty good hockey. And, uh, in fact, I remember Sutter said to him one time that he wanted him on the power play, Brian had a cannon for a shot too. He, he says, Sutter said to him, like, I think he said like, I wish I'd hurt somebody with that shot. Get, get people to get out of the way. Like in theory, was people going to be scared. Yeah. Uh, But Brian was a player, man. He's, uh, and even when he got back to playing after the eye and he got back to being used to playing with one eye, oh man, he could skate, a powerful skater, powerful shot, really like, uh, he was playing junior. Um, I think he'd been drafted and went back to junior, Well, he did go back to junior and Millbury had traded for him, I think at that point. And he was at the game, watching him and Brian was up ice the whole time. He said, did I draft a defenseman
0: or four? All right. (laughs) You know, it's incredible that, that he played. 329 game. well first of all 329 games after the injury yeah. but i want to ask you did hosa visit him call him did he they... pretty sure
3: he, i think he went and visited him yeah okay. he, he was good about the whole thing i was actually more mad because i thought how reckless it was and right. it was a reckless play but that's. i mean guys do that a lot it's like he spun around brian was behind him and he spun around to shoot the puck coming out of coming out of the Toronto zone, and hosa was playing for ottawa actually and uh so he just did the follow through went way up in the air got on yeah so i mean that stuff happens but it's so uh, guy was and brian actually settled me down because i was hot the guy said that that you nothing we can do about it anyways. right but hosa was he was controlling yeah. he, he felt terrible yeah and brian had got no wade redden who was in ottawa at the yeah. time too so i think those guys and maybe some other people went to the hospital before he left i think that's what happened they at least called him so. well hosa's got a great rep everybody loves him it's yeah like, yeah apparently he's a good dude yeah and he was a clean player
0: i think he felt terrible about it but you know again you know that that is that's part of the game. but also think I mean, just think about how incredible it is for brian to come back like that now jim abbott was a famous pitcher with one arm yeah but he grew up his whole life that way that's right now imagine if a player you take you take that arm away from someone right now can they come back and play would they be able to you know he lost an eye and he yeah. came back and played 300 games and again we talked about the show
3: there to to see him right after when he could not walk through a doorway because of yeah. depth perception and then when i that's like when he said to me i'm going to come back and play i i'm i was i get i didn't want to him in right. any way that he could do it, but my like from seeing that now they can go back and play in the national. Like, Hockey
0: Well, I remember when you guys were working on this, they like people started there were whispers that he's coming back, and everyone's like, That's not gonna happen, yeah, You're crazy, never gonna come back. Yeah. And he came back and played for the Rangers,
3: yeah, you know, and, and really, like you said, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for like he had some, he was a like, he he touched on it too, so I can talk, he was a feisty guy, like yeah. just like his mother, he wasn't gonna take crap from anybody, including coaches in the national, right? Huntry. And that. May have hurt him a little bit, although, you know, source of pride too. He just, that's who he was as a person. But it also mm-hmm. helped him come back because he didn't take no for an answer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But, that, you know, he was really getting going there in Columbus when Hitchcock came along and he, really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's the old school stuff, you know, where we, we did take more stuff. Like, yep. We didn't always talk back to coaches and I don't know if that's right or wrong, but we didn't and we just accepted it when it worked harder, you know, but again, that's, uh, that's the way he was raised. If you've been his family, they're all like that. It's
0: like, you know, you're not pushing yep. me around. You're not going to screw around that career. But listen, great comeback, great story. Just a really good story. Really interesting life. His book's going to be awesome. Go yeah. check it out. Available yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I'm glad he came on with us. I'm glad you got to catch up with your yeah. your old client, your that's big it. guy. Yeah. It
3: was funny. Yeah. The guy's like, uh, Darren Langdon, who we had on, would always tease me about that too. He says, you, you know, you do represent me. You, yeah. that, that's just Brian <laughs> Brewer. I, I really didn't try. It just seemed out. W- so even when I moved from Detroit to New York, that wasn't because of Brian coming to the Rangers. It's uh, I'd gone through a divorce. Right. And my ex-wife was. But so it's what that, everyone on the outside looked like. Yeah. you am chasing I, him yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, but it, again, because of all the things that happened to him, we spent a lot of time together, you know, the holdouts. And contracts yeah. And, stuff. and apparently going to bars in Toronto stuff tough. Right, yeah. And Yeah. All right. He was a miracle worker there. Women just love him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like you said, they got one guy who was a, some guy
0: said to, uh, listen, was the then he was like, yeah, that's like one of the players. You're not that good looking. Yeah. <laughs> what, how do you do it? Well, good for him, man. What an interesting yeah. life. Got a great story. Yeah. You know what? Run. And we touched on that too. As much as had bad stuff happen to him, that's a one heck of a life. Follow. Awesome stuff. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Spread it around. Like, share, follow us.
1: Arr, Chewbacca. Arr, arr.
0: Thank- no, Chewbacca is not here. I promise. Chewie. Okay. Uh, Chewie, is that you? Chewie. That, that's on Han Solo famously says. Chewie, is that you? Is that what he says? Chewie said. Uh, oh Thanks, everybody.
3: All right, Grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. we had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.